For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Believe and Sports Biz. That's right, Sports Biz right here on Believe. And uh, my name is Fred Wallen, along with co-host Jeff Fellinger, who teaches sports business, the Annenberg Institute at USC. We're going to be with you every single week talking about, uh, well, everything in sports business. Simple as that, where... When we were growing up, uh, not a lot of people cared as much as we care now. I know Jeff and I listened to Jim Healy, and once in a while, Jim would talk about the sports business side of things. But uh, in reality, uh, it's really blown up. And uh, hey, Jeff, A, welcome to the show. And B, where do you believe, when do you believe sports business blew up like it is now? You know, it's a great question. It's great to be with you, uh, Fred. Um, thanks for having me on. Um you know, what you said about what it was like growing up and how things have changed and how this whole industry has evolved, it's just so true. You pick up a paper or go to a, a website now and you look at the, the array of stories available, and I would say out of every maybe half dozen stories, I bet half today have a serious business angle to them. And it just wasn't that way. And I, I have found in teaching this class – called Sports Business Media at USC, which I used to teach just once a year in the spring. When we started <laughs> it in 1999. I co-taught it with Fred Clare, the former Dodgers general manager. Sure. So this was year 20. It's now a year-round class, and it was popular from day one. Um, I, I just noticed how much more I, how, how much more interesting sports is now because of the business angle. And something is it, 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 that, that might seem like it doesn't have a real connection to business, like this issue about uh, extending the netting in major league ballparks, has a very real angle and connection to business. And I think you will find that with most of the areas in sports that you care about, there really is a, a legitimate business angle to all of them. You know, again, growing up, uh, the Dodgers moving west, uh, that was a sports business story. Obviously, people in Brooklyn didn't enjoy it. The people in the, uh, who loved the Giants didn't love Stoneham going to San Francisco. But outside of that, there, there wasn't a whole lot, as you indicate, uh, on the on that direction. Jim Healy, of course, would talk about Al Campanis and things like that. But, it, but in reality, uh, it's really blown up in recent vintage, and that's why you're teaching at the Annenberg Institute at USC, a class uh, sports right. business media. Okay. Usually, uh, folks, on this show, what I guarantee you, and again, my name is Fred Wall, and that's Jeff Fellinser, every week I will mention the Dodger blackout for 60 to 70% yeah. of us from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. But there are bigger stories right now. We are taping this on Monday. On Sunday, finally, was the end of the meet at Santa Anita. 30 thoroughbreds dropped dead. Usually... There's four or five. And you got to understand, folks, when I was five and six, my, we lived in Culver City, California. And uh, 
you know where that is. Okay. That's about six miles from Inglewood. And my mom and dad would start taking me to Hollywood Park. My dad didn't love the horses, but my mom wanted us to get us together. So we went to Hollywood Park, and I fell in love with the horses. Now, I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. I had no idea some of these horses were sold for horse meat in Japan and elsewhere, things like that. I just loved the races, and I loved numbers. So uh, I begged him to take me, and then when I learned to drive, and I still really couldn't get in. I think I had to be 21 then or 18, whatever it was. I begged my aunt to drive me in the whole thing. I actually worked my school schedule around, my college schedule, around going to Santa Anita and Hollywood Park. So when I say what I'm going to say, it's not because I don't, and haven't loved the sport. They had to close it. And Jeff, November, Breeders' Cup. They can't allow it to happen at Santa Anita. Your comments. Fred, I, uh, I, I lost some of the audio there. Um, it was a little muffled. So I missed um, what you said about after you began going to the track with your family. Uh, what, what, I, what, I, what I said basically is that I loved the sport. When I was single, it was a great date driving down to Del Mar and sometimes driving back to Los Alamitos. Okay, usually at the track, four or five horses passed away. In this case, 30 passed away at uh, Santa Anita, and uh, the California Racing Board wanted to close the track, but Santa Anita has got the final say on that. They can't be closed unless they want to close it, and Astronics, of course, uh, wouldn't allow that, so uh, it ended on Sunday, 30 dead, and the Breeders' Cup coming in November. Uh, the Thoroughbred Association has the final say on that. I hope they uh, don't allow Santa Anita to have the Breeders' Cup. Your comments? Yeah, I, I, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll pick up um, on as much as again that I could that I could hear, but. Um, you know, there's another example of a real business decision where where the Stronic Group was not willing to close the the track, even though there was there were there were outcries from politicians and key people um, that have a connection to um, you know just the well-being of, of life in California and the um, uh, you know the the the, the the, the horse racing industry, the concern for the animals, you know, there, there was, there, there, were, there, were a, there was a lot of attention. Uh, there has been nationwide attention given to this story. And to me, there, was, there, there has not been an adequate response. It was more like, let's finish the meat and we'll deal with it after that. Well, in the meantime, several more horses, including one as recently as Saturday, have gone down. And um, I have a former student of mine that's in the horse racing business. He used to be the voice of Arapaho Park in Denver. And now he's um, involved in uh, helping to um, train horses, horses for show, not horse racing. And I was with him in Denver recently. And he believes it's related more not so much to the condition of the track as it is to the drugs that the animals are injected with that, you know, help them build the, the power and the stamina needed to compete. So he's, he thinks that that is much more the culprit, the drugs, and, you know, whether it's specifically performance-enhancing or, um, 
you know, related to the physical development. But he, he thinks there's a lot more research that has to go into the damage caused by the drugs. So that's, that was the take of somebody that is in the business uh, of horses. And, 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 and so I thought it was, um, thought it was interesting. And um, I think that, that it, there should always be, first and foremost, the condition of the horses uh, that have the top priority. Uh, unfortunately, that's just not the case because, again, it's, it's a business for so many people. And, um, but it's, it's, it's unacceptable, frankly, Fred, it's simply unacceptable. We, we can't have an industry where, uh, lives are lost, whether they're animal lives or human lives, there's, there's lives lost. These are big, beautiful animals and, and they really touch the heart of, um, the public, um, not just the sporting public, but the public at large. And I, and I think there's going to be, as more attention comes to this, there's going to be a demand to get something done or else they will they will close the track. Folks, you're listening to Believe in Sports Biz every week, and we hope you stay tuned every single week. We'll be talking about all kinds of subjects in the uh, sports business realm. He's uh, Jeff Bellinger. I am Fred Wallen. Happy to have you aboard. You can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. Just one final comment on the horse racing, and then we'll move on to uh, other topics. If it were the drugs, why would it go up seven times? Let's say four or five die, usually horses, and, and now 30. However, before the, the season started, the Stronics did fire the entire track crew, including the supervisor, who they finally rehired. So, right. in my opinion, the track would have to be the culprit just based on the fact that if trainers are giving horses drugs, they didn't all of a sudden do it. They've been doing it all along, but the track changed because you got different people doing it to save a few bucks. Right. Yeah, good point. And, of course, you would say, too, if it was the drugs that you would see this as a problem that would be more widespread. Why is it happening? Yeah. It's kind of neat. Why have you had 30 um, that have died since December 26th? at one track. So I would say the the macro might include the drugs that are um, that are being uh, used and to what extent I don't know, but um, certainly that would merit uh, you know closer inspection. But then the micro uh, underneath the macro would be the conditions at each of the tracks. Why Santa Anita, which is, has a long and storied history um, and, uh, you know, ha- has, should, have, should have the finest, you know, given the resources out here and the reputation, the history and everything, should have the, you know, the best, uh, the best of everything. Why it's, um, why it's fallen so short um, w- w- would seem to me to be, again, something, it's hard to put your, it's really hard to get your arms wrapped around, um, you know, given the reputation for so many years, we talked about growing up, going to the, going to that track, it's, it's, it had, it's had a, it's had a great reputation for so long, and why it's all of a sudden um, reached this 
this level that it has uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think before they race again, um, there there has to be there has to be uh, uh, you know inspections and impro- approvals um, that would leave no doubt in anybody's mind. Spectators, the you know the backstretch workers that do so much of the of the labor, the day to day. Uh, the horse owners and trainers. I mean, everybody has to get on the same page, and it's it, it's it's become a national story. I'm glad it has, because it'll be it'll be it'll continue to be scrutinized, and um, I hope it doesn't mean the end of the industry as such. But I would say I'd rather see that than to see another um, another instance where we have you know this kind of tragedy that comes way too many times. He's Jeff Bellinger. I'm Fred Wallen. You're listening to Believe right here uh, across America and around the world. Happy to have you aboard. The show is Sports Biz. We'll be with you every single week. You mentioned another topic uh, as we open this show, and uh, uh, Nets and baseball. Now, here's the thing. In July, next month, we got the All-Star game. Uh, I believe every park in baseball can have the time. They're not playing for four days at their parks to stretch the nets out. On, uh, last yeah. week, again, a young lady was hit by a line drive at Dodger Stadium. Last year, of course, a 75-year-old woman uh, passed away from a line drive in Houston at Minute Maid. Uh, uh, line drive uh, hurt somebody. Let's stretch the nets. If you, if you don't get quite the view, I don't care. If you don't have the chance for as many baseballs uh, when they go foul, I don't care. The bottom line is, if we're saving horses, we should save people. I'd like the Dodgers to stretch the nets. I'd like the Angels to stretch the nets. Jeff, is that asking too much? No, it's not, Fred. And, and the good news is the Dodgers made an announcement today that they would, in fact, be extending the netting, whether it happens uh, at, uh, later on this very season or after the season. It's coming um, when, I, again, I would say there's a business angle to this. Um, you might get fans offering some pushback. Hey, uh, one of the reasons we like sitting down low is because we have a chance to catch foul balls. The chances of us getting hit are so small, et cetera. Uh, so th- that there, there might be pushback, and the Dodgers are saying, yeah, we don't want to lose ticket holders. That's what I was afraid of. But for them to step forward and say we're going to do something about this, I think is the, is only the right thing to do. You know, Fred, there was a time when you didn't have to to, to um, fasten a seatbelt when you got in the car. Yep. You didn't have to put a helmet on when you rode a motorcycle. Yep. You didn't have to have a batting helmet on when you stepped in at home plate. Yep. I mean, looking back now, you say, why? Why wouldn't those things have been required long before they were? I don't know. You'd like to feel like uh, you evolve as a, as a species and you... You know, you make better decisions when you have more facts at your fingertips. And the facts are that when the ball is coming off the bat, and we're talking about things like exit velocity and launch angles and these other things that are causing record numbers of home runs hit, well, that probably means there's going to be record numbers of screaming foul balls. And, you know, you got you got to change with the times. And it's, you know, you can't afford to have this happen even one more time. Um, I think the last time uh, I was on, I mentioned going to Jackie Robinson Stadium, beautiful park at UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Well kept secret. 
Yeah. And you have netting that goes down the line, you know, not quite as far as the foul pole, but it goes as far as where there is seating. They don't have as many seats, you know, at a, at a college baseball park. So, But that netting goes down to where the, the it covers all of the seating. I've never heard anybody complain that they didn't have – you still have a chance to catch foul balls. They just come high and drop down. It's a lot safer. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't take a 79-year-old woman a year ago to um, killed. And, uh, you know, let's hope that the, that the woman, the young woman yesterday – I mean, can you imagine Fred getting hit by a line drive in the head like happened to her yesterday? I mean, no. That's – as you said, it's just – it's unacceptable. Unacceptable, unbelievable, and we've got to make some changes. Hopefully the Dodgers and the Angels will. The Dodgers have indicated they will. I'm sure the Angels will also follow through with that. I think all around baseball, it has to be done. Folks, you're listening to yep. Believe in Sports Biz every single week. He's Jeff Fellinser, who teaches sports business media at USC. I am Fred Wallen. I don't teach it. I just love it and live it. And uh, since we're talking Dodgers, okay, it's time. And every week you listen to this show. Fred's going to mention this until it changes. We've got six-plus years now of 60 to 70% of us from Los Angeles to Las Vegas being blacked out of Dodger baseball. Now, here's the thing. You can make an argument this year that Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. In fact, you could make that case the last few years. But you could also make the case this year that Cody Bellinger is the best player in baseball. However, if you can watch every single Angel game, and you can see about uh, 30 Dodger games, including the 10 on KTLA Channel 5 and the 20 national games. If you're an 8-year-old fan or a 9-year-old fan or a 5-year-old fan, that's when I started following baseball, I'm going to become an Angel fan. I'm going to automatically go yeah. for Trout because I'm going to see him 162 times, and I'm going to see Bellinger 30. Jeff Fellins, are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think it's shameful. I really do, and, and I – and I just I, I anticipate that the Dodgers would say, "Hey, look, we bargained in good faith. We signed a contract. Uh, you know, address your concerns to to Time Warner Cable now Spectrum. <laughs> you know, they they have the rights to to uh, to show the, the the games on their Dodger network. Uh, they signed a deal. Nobody put a gun to their head to sign the deal. Well, you know, I would still say this: uh, Why wouldn't there be something in the contract saying? Look, you get a reasonable amount of time to get deals done with carriers out there, like Directv, like you know, you name it, uh, Charter or Comcast or the you know the different cable carriers. Um, you got X amount of time to get it done, and 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 if and if it doesn't happen, you know, then we step in, and you know, there has to be some kind of a financial adjustment. Now. Uh, but but the problem, right. Jeff, is if 50,000 fans still show up at Dodger Stadium and they pick up the $8 billion from Time Warner, now Spectrum, do they care? Right, right. Well, and, and as, as sports have evolved, it turns out that baseball still, because of the inventory of games, 81 home games, and in a stadium with 56,000 seats in Dodger Stadium's case, largest in the major leagues, there's... There's tremendous inventory. The Dodgers have to make it um, at least relatively affordable. So for a lot of fans, they'll look at the fact that they can go out there and it's a lot cheaper to go to Dodger Stadium uh, than it is to go to Staples Center for a Laker Clipper game or the Coliseum or the new stadium in Inglewood for a Rams or Chargers game. So the Dodgers maybe haven't felt the 
you know, the full effect of this thing. Um, and also, they're a really, really good team. They're fun to watch. They're they're an entertaining team. They hit a lot of home runs. So <laughs> it's not it's not like the Dodger fans have said, you know, we're going to stay home until this thing gets get. A few of them have, but not enough. And uh, I, I wish the Dodgers could be held a little more accountable for for what's happened because it, it, you know you pointed it out, Fred. It's it's really in their best interest to be just as as upset about this lack of visibility um, as as Spectrum should be because young fans that have a chance to see the other team in town, the Angels, a lot more often are very liable to become Angel fans. And it's, it's a long-range concern. And it's easy to say, hey, everything's going great now. But it's just, it, it, it may not stay this way. And when things start to flip, and the, the other team in town becomes better and starts to win and, and their product is out there more often and you're more engaged home and away, then you may pay a price for this down the road. All right, one final topic uh, today right here on Believe. He's Jeff Fellinser. I'm Fred Wallen. You can email us, sportsfred at aol.com. And Jeff, again, teaches at the Annenberg Institute at USC Sports Business Media. I've lived it my whole life. He's lived it his whole life. Um, we love college sports. I don't believe either athletic director should be back next year. I think Lynn Swan at USC, Dan Guerrero at UCLA, and, and Guerrero's contract is up, I think, in December. They should be let go. Your thoughts? Well, I'm probably 50% with you on it, Fred. Um, I, I think Lynn Swan's performance has left a lot to be desired, frankly. <laughs> um, Lynn's, Lynn's been a guest in my class a couple times, um, so nothing, nothing against him on, on a personal side. Um, but I just, I just haven't seen the kind of the accountability to the athletic director's office and being out in front of a problem rather than just reacting to a problem. Uh, it almost feels like. Lynn Swan is more comfortable when things are running along fine. Um, may not be as good as it was at one time, but hey, that's the, that's, that's life in the fast lane. It's uh, you know there's more parity in college sports, and be patient, be patient. You things will get better. I just haven't seen the the accountability. Most athletic directors r- rule with a you know a, a, a stronger hand than he has, and. I just haven't seen it. I'm starting to. I really am starting to wonder if the, the lack of experience. I didn't think so necessarily at first, um, but the lack of experience, just sitting in that chair, uh, having a body of work to draw on, has really sort of started to catch up with what's happened to USC. I just, you know, I I, I think the baseball program has really slipped. USC has more national championships in baseball by double than any other school, and. Um, they finally changed coaches. Um, we'll see what happens uh, there. Um, basketball, I think, has is, is been treading water. Uh, and football is, of course, dipping under 500. That should always be unacceptable at USC. Um, All right, that's USC. I, I let, me, let me talk yeah. about UCLA and Dan Guerrero. And, folks, I'm a UCLA fanatic since the age of five or four. 
whatever the case might be. My mom went to UCLA, and she took my dad and mom took me to, uh, I'm going to age myself here, the old Pan Pacific to, uh, to see UCLA basketball. But anyways, the and you know what the bottom line was? I automatically liked UCLA because the UCLA cheerleaders were Caucasian, they were black, they were Chinese, they were Japanese, and every single USC, and this is a long time ago, every single USC cheerleader were blonde and blue-eyed. And that was, they're beautiful, but I understood right. right away what side I had to be on. But anyways, here's the story. Forget everything else about Dan Guerrero. The, the, his picks of uh, football coaches, his picks of basketball coaches, except now we find out that under Steve Alford, UCLA is very close grade-wise, not being eligible to compete in the 2021 tournament because their grades were so bad under Steve Alford. The buck stops sure. here. The buck stops at top. That's Dan Guerrero. His contract is up in December. Your thoughts? Well, I would say I think you hit on it. I, uh, I thought the football hire was the right hire that they made with Chip Kelly. He was the best. If you look at it like a free agent player, he was the best on the market, and he could have gone anyway. Any job that was open, he could have gotten in college. He got the UCLA job, so I give them credit, give UCLA and their hiring team, including Casey Wasserman and Troy Aikman, a lot of credit in getting that done. I think that they're feeling the effects of the basketball hire, which I thought at the time seemed to be good, but it turned out not to be. I think Steve Alford probably got off on the, the, the wrong track right away when he reneged on an oral agreement to stay at New Mexico. Yep. He had a disastrous press conference to start off his UCLA tenure. He was never engaged with the UCLA community. He was always disconnected from the community. I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't want to embrace that community. I think Mick Cronin has done a great job of doing exactly that, of just embracing the community. And I don't think there's ever a reason why you wouldn't. But they didn't apparently find that out in advance never very socially graceful in that position, never seemed to be you know, engaged with the community, as I said, aloof, didn't make a lot of friends, and as it turned out, he didn't have a lot of uh, great student athletes, uh, whether it was the requirements of the basketball uh, you know, staff and, and administration, whether it was the fact that so many kids they brought in decided to leave school early it added up to an unacceptable uh, academic progress rate and you've got to leave you got to leave the athletic director accountable for that i understand what you're saying about dan guerrero i feel like i want to see how the the basketball hire works out i want to see how the football hire works out over the next couple of years i think dan uh will get the opportunity to, re to retire um, on his own terms <laughs> Five, sixty-six age, so it's it's going to be right there over the next couple of years. Um, so we may be, we may agree to disagree on that. I think the basketball and football program—they have the best college baseball coach in the country. Uh, softball, women's basketball is in good shape. I think the current basketball and football coaches are the right ones for the program. Chip Kelly has a little more to prove based on year one, but I saw saw signs towards the end of the season that progress was made. I'll need to see more of it. But I want to see what happens over these next couple of years at UCLA before um, a decision is made about uh, 
about Dan Guerrero. Folks, you've been listening to Believe, uh, Jeff Fellinger. Thank you very much. And next week, folks, we will be uh, discussing Lakers. And you can't figure out the salary cap? And Kawhi Leonard, would he come back to Southern California? The odds are he's probably going to stay in Toronto. We'll discuss that next week right here uh, on Believe. And Jeff Fellinger from USC, thank you for your appearance. We'll see you next week right here on Believe and Sports Biz. That sounds great, Fred. Never lack of topics. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs> Never lack of topics in sports biz. And folks, believe all the time. Back next week, sports biz right here on Believe. I'm Fred Wallen, and you're not. See you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.